Hello and welcome. God bless you. Happy Easter Resurrection Weekend here across the world. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for joining us. He is risen. Come on. Can we thank God for that today? Jesus is on his throne. He did not stay in the grave. This is my wife, Tamara. We're delighted to be with you today. Uh, We've got so many special things that are coming for you. We're excited for today and then other things that are taking place at the Crossing Church. Tamara is going to tell you a little bit about those. We are so thankful for technology and the ability to stay connected to you during this very weird season that we are in. That's right. So we want to encourage you to go to wearecrossing.tv where you can find a daily schedule of all of the things that we're streaming for you. Some things are recorded, some are live, but we want to do the best we can to stay connected to you and your family. And we have something for every age group from children to students to college to adults. So we encourage you to stay connected every day, every week as we get through this, this pandemic time. And I also just wanted to go ahead and pray for um, the message. Can we do that? Yeah, let's pray pray. pray for you and your family and for everything that's going on. Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, for the technology that we have to continue to stay connected as the body of Christ. Thank you that People are hearing the message of Jesus maybe for the first time in their lives. So we pray for ears to be open, hearts to be open to receive God because your message is love. Your message is inclusion and forgiveness and eternal life. So we pray for everyone who hears this message to give their hearts to Jesus today. I pray for your anointing to flow through this technology, through Greg, God. We give you the glory and we thank you that we get to serve you, God. We pray for everyone on the front lines, whether it's medical or military being called up, everyone who's getting exposed to the virus because they're serving our community. They're serving us, God. We ask for your protection on them. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 and amen, and amen. Come on, can you thank God again? God bless you. And so as we, uh, as we get going today, I, I just want to talk about relationship today, all right? Relationship with Jesus. And uh, I want to start out with my experience, okay? And, and so in America, about 80% of the people in America say that they have a relationship of some kind, whether it's religious or it's even personal, with Jesus. And so I, I want to I kind of juxtapose those. That's a big church word. I want to talk for a minute about my experience. There, there are plenty of choices out there, right? There's a Methodist and Episcopalian and Catholic and Anglican and Baptist and Pentecostal and Assembly of God, and there's all of those things. And so maybe you had... Uh, a background some way, somewhere in church. And so uh, I want to talk about my, my experience out of my tradition. Don't need to know really even what the tradition was. Uh, I, I'll just start like this. I, I don't know about you. I had to go. I, I had to go to church. And my mom, uh, I, had a, I have a wonderful, wonderful mom. She is amazing. She's a blessing. How many of you had a mom that would sing to you? Did you have a mom that would sing to you? Uh, um, it's time to get up in the morning. It's time to get up in the morning. She, she could sing much better than I could. Um, but this, you know, on Easter, on Easter, and when we would go to church, it was, it was early. It was early. In our family, five kids, um, we had paper routes. We started when we were in junior high. And so we would throw papers early in the morning, four, five o'clock in the morning. And I just... So the song was fantastic. I love you, mom. 
It was just harder on early mornings when it was the day that we could sleep in and we had to get up to go to church. And so we, we had to go. It was, a, it was a thing to get going. And, and, I, and I just want to pause for a second. And Tamara has a song for all of our kids. It was really, it's really beautiful. That she started singing over them when they were babies. And so all it means is if you had a song, you had somebody who was really present in your life and they really loved you and cared about you. God is good, right? God is good. So I, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, we had to go. And then secondly, I, uh, I didn't really want to go. I, I, we had to go, but I didn't really want to go. So in our tradition, we would kind of sing a little bit, and then we would, she would kind of chant a little bit. You would kind of sing, chant. And uh, that felt kind of strange to me when I was younger, when I was little. Uh, and, and then you had to, at some point during the congregational thing, we had to hold hands with a person next to you, right? We had to hold hands, and we had to pray. And that was strange to me. And I, I remember that some of the uh, folks who were becoming more seasoned, if you will, they, they didn't seem very happy. <laughs> they, they weren't very happy. And, uh, but, I, but I get it now. I get it now. I just, somebody say, are you okay? I said, no, I'm just, I'm just tired. You know, I'm just, I'm tired. And so when you think about that also, if, if you think about looking at a, you know, somebody who's in junior high, you know, you don't necessarily want to hold their hand, do you? Uh, and so we got that kind of stuff going on. The worst thing, though, really, the, the, the difficulty for me was I have all the letters, ADHD, ADD, all those. I had everything, had all those things. And we had to go to church and we had to sit down and you have to be quiet, right? You got you to be quiet. And my mom would have that talk with us and um, boy, it was, uh, it was that kind of, kind of conversation where just before we would get out of the car going to church, and, and, and we went, man, we, we would go. Man, week in, week out, we would go to church. She would say, no, <laughs> no, no laughing, <laughs> no sneezing, no coughing, no breathing. And when she said breathing, she meant breathing because occasionally there would be people that were around us and they would fall asleep. So my brother and I would imitate the deep breathing, sleep breathing. So she wasn't joking. She was saying, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you putting your hands on your mouth, making mouth noises. Come on, can I get an amen? She said, no touching, no poking, no picking. And then she would say, and if you do, she would give us that, right? She would give us that church eye. And she would just say, you know, I, I'm, I'm right here. And I, boy, I remember a lot, of, a lot of Sundays just with mom looking at us. I'm going, oh, boy, here, here we go. We, things, have, things have gone the wrong directions, the wrong direction. And, uh, and so I didn't, uh, I didn't understand. I couldn't relate. Was well, another thing that I, I just I couldn't understand. If you have seen the movie The Princess Bride, then you might understand a little bit the officiant at the wedding. I, I, I couldn't understand. Uh, or maybe Charlie Brown and the teacher. I, 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 didn't, I didn't get it. I couldn't, couldn't make it happen in my mind. All of that being said, right? Just a little tongue-in-cheek here. All of that being said, I am so thankful that my parents insisted that our entire family go to church. Come on, can we give it up for that? Can we give it up for families? And moms and dads who just, who just say, man, I, 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 even if you don't get it right now, it's okay that you don't get it. We're going to church together. God is so good. Here's why. Proverbs 22, 6 says, to train up a child in the way he or she ought to go. And when they're older, 
when they're just a little bit older, they're going to return to it. And that's exactly what happened to me. That's what will happen with your kids as we go out before the Lord. It really makes a difference in our lives. It really, really matters. It's, it's a big deal. And so there was a period of time when I was without the Lord. I kind of, let me, let me say this as well. When we got a little bit older, my parents started saying to us, you don't have to go. Once we got into uh, older high school years, I said, you don't have to go, but I want you to know this. It's a privilege that you get to go. It's a privilege. And you're going to need this God in your life. You're going to need to know how to pray. You're going to need Jesus. You're going to need the depth of what we've been bringing to you. But we know you you got to find your way. And so five kids, we... We, uh, we did our thing and I went to college and that's a whole other story in and of itself. And um, as, we, as we made our way, as I made my way back, Tamara and I started dating and uh, we went to a church. We were invited to what was called a contemporary church, okay? And it was, it was much like the churches that you may go to and much like the crossing. It was a little smaller at the time and it really made a difference because we were introduced to relationship. Instead of kind of the um, rituals, we were introduced to relationship in Jesus. And so the experience was quite, um, well, it was just, let me say this, it was just so different than what we were used to, what I was used to. Uh, We showed up and we saw people that were our age. There were people that were, you know, I was like, wow, there's people, and they were super friendly and they were happy and they were engaging and and everybody seemed to be kind of, you know, happy to be there. The priest, I mean, the pastor, was wearing regular, and I had the hardest time. I called him father for the longest time. He, would, uh, he was in regular dress, and he spoke in regular tone, and, um, and then this blew me away. This messed me up in a good way. He was using sports analogies, and I would just, I, was, I would look at Tamara, and I was going, is this true? Is this right? Is this really church? Is this legal? Is, are we doing something wrong? I mean, I'm having so much fun and engaging. And so the gospel presentation was given. And at that point, I just was in a place where I was like, well, of course I want this. Of course. It was so easy to understand, so easily translatable. And just a short time after that, I started thinking, and I talked to Tamara about this. I was like, I think I'm going to mess this up. I, uh, I, I, this, this seems so simple. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I'm going to mess this up. So I asked, I asked our pastor and he said, no, 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 no. He said, no. He said, you have been given access to God through Jesus one-on-one. He, you can speak with him right here, right now. You don't have to have any kind of permission. There's not a lot of formality. What I want you to do is just uh, say to him that he is your Lord, Go ahead and surrender to him as Lord. In other words, he used the term, he said, um, just ascribe him as your new boss, your new boss, that, that you will live under his rule and his, his condition, his authority, his wisdom. And if you do, and if you will, then your life will begin to grow from the inside out. And wouldn't you know, that's exactly when we started to really just grow in our faith, to just grow from the inside out. And, and let me just tell you, we the very first week we went to church, it was like, ah, it was, it was, it was like so different, but man, we loved it. And uh, we began to tithe and we joined a life group the same week. And so almost 33 years ago now, we joined a life group and we've been doing life in community for 33 years. We've got some of the best friends we have ever had in our lives that started that very same week when we joined our church. God is good. Jesus is right here. He's accessible. He loves you. He knows you. He wants to be with you.
Turn with me in your Bible. I want to tell you what the Bible says. It's in Romans chapter 10. And so the scripture that's outlined is 1 through 13. I want to paraphrase 1 through 5. I want to paraphrase 1 through 5, okay? When we're talking about 1 through 5, the summary of 1 through 5 says this. There's a righteousness. I want to get right with God. There's a righteousness that comes by trying to keep the law, the Old Testament and the law. Let me make sure that you understand this. Jesus fulfills all the Old Testament law. He doesn't cancel it. He fulfills it, okay? But that kind of living, trying to live by the law and trying to be righteous enough is called legalism. It's called legalism. That means you try to put on the outer wear of religion and you try to do everything you can to meet the requirements of being right with God. It is a very difficult, matter of fact, the Bible says it's an impossible thing to do. We had neighbors next to us growing up and, and they were a very, very religious family and um, they, they kept kind of the letter of the law. And, and so I remember being around them and if you're around them for very much time, just under the veneer of kind of trying to smile and stuff like that, they, they were very, very tight is the way I'd describe it, very tight. Just under the veneer, you could recognize things were not very good at all. Things were just not very good at all. And lots of things happened in that family. You know, no need to go into all of that. Um, it, it was just very, very clear that they were trying so hard to put something on for people to see that they were good or they were right or righteous with God. And it reminded me of, um, and maybe you had that kind of religious church experience, okay? Okay. And maybe you were never given permission at, at any time to be able to do something different or to think on your own or to process Jesus or the Bible or your tradition for yourself. And so that kind of legalism is kind of like this rubber band. And what happens is you begin as a small child and then as you grow, you're growing up, there's increasing pressure and the pressure mounts, it gets greater and greater and greater. And then the second you have the opportunity to be released, you're old enough or somebody says, you know, you don't have to go to church, you're out of here. And you go as far away from whatever you think is religion as possible. You just go, you run. But the problem is we end up running from Jesus and he has a different kind of righteousness for us. He has something that's completely different. And so the scripture picks up. So that's a summary of verse one through five. You can read it for yourself in verse six. But, so that's trying to live by legalism. But righteousness that comes by faith. This is a different one. Formalities is the first one. Now by faith, um, it says, do not say in your heart. Don't say, man, this is so terrible. It's impossible. Who will ascend to heaven? That's to bring Christ down. And that means that I have to prove something to him and you can do no thing. You can't add one thing to being saved in Christ. Jesus Christ is your salvation. You can't work up anything in the flesh or in religion to make yourself good enough for him to accept you. He died on the cross and he already accepts you. He, he died on the cross. He accepts you. There's nothing you can do. Matter of fact, if you don't serve him in any form of religion whatsoever, Jesus still died for you and you'll go to eternity with him if you call out his name and you live as Lord underneath his covering, underneath his covering. Now, now of course, we know that the Bible says, let us not forsake meeting together. We, we want to come. When you are truly come into relationship with Jesus, you want to be with other people who trust in Christ. There are people who are so upset right now. I want to come to church. 
Man, I want to come to church. I want to be with my people. These are my people. Verse 7. Or who will descend into the deep, that's to bring Christ up from the dead, and that means that Christ has to prove something to you. That Christ has to do, do something special. He has to show up in your bedroom. He has, to, he has to do some miracle or trick, and he's got to prove to you something. Well, I want you to know he already proved it. He died on the cross at Calvary, and he was, right, right, it's Easter. It's Easter week, and he was raised from the dead. He was ascended. He was raised from the dead. And that's the only proof that we know we need in Jesus is that three days, uh, like Jonah in the belly of the well, he came up from the grave. And, and the Bible, so the Bible is saying, you don't have to do either one of these things to find Jesus. Watch, this is so good. Verse eight, but what does it say? The word, this is the logos, that's the written scripture that maybe some of you are holding in your hand or the type scripture that you're looking at in your media, that logos represents the person of Christ. He is the living logos, the word. This word is near you. Hallelujah. It's in your mouth. It's already, it's in your heart. This is the Lord Jesus for every human being from every tradition and every issue, all the things that we've gone through. He's right here. That is the word of faith that we're proclaiming, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. And what we're saying there isn't that you just say, hey, I think there's a God, or hey, I think Jesus is a Lord. What you're saying is Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. I come under the Lordship of Jesus. That's, that's the confession. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. He's just not a prophet. He's not a priest. He's not just a king that lived a long time ago. He's the risen son of God. He's raised from the dead. You will be saved. And that means being saved in this lifetime from, from so much separation in this lifetime and in the one in eternity. We have a choice right here, right now. We can live as victors or we can live as victims. And the Lord Jesus comes to us and he says, I, I have done everything I can do. I died on the cross. I've, I've made this so simple for you. It's difficult for me. I've made it simple for you. The scripture goes on and it says, for it's with your heart, with your heart. It's not just a head matter. And so if you're trying to connect all the dots and make it all work out, I, I mean, I urge you to do that. We want to be thoughtful and trust in Christ. You can do that. And, and by the way, his proofs are, uh, are, are, they're certain enough that you might find him as Lord and Savior. He is the only one. He's the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords. But it's not just a head matter. It's a, it's a heart matter. It's a heart matter that your heart would be warmed. For it is with your heart that you believe and you're justified. And it's with your mouth that you confess and that you're saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be saved. Everyone, every denomination, every background, every issue, whether you loved it or you really struggled with it, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so uh, just very quickly, what is, what is Lord? And, and we, could, we could use the acrostic Lord and men, I could preach a lot of things about what Lordship is. Here's just a few. Hang with me for just a second. I, he, listen, listen, here's what it is. He's the life giver. He's the life giver. John 10, 10 says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Thief is another word for Satan himself. And he'll come to mess with your life. 
He'll mess with you and he'll mess with your family. He'll mess with your finances. He'll mess with your health. He's, he's the author of things like what we're going through right now with COVID-19. He is, he is, he'll wreak havoc. He's the author. He's come to lie, kill, and steal. Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. You're going to have an abundant life. That means that you're full of life, that God fills you from the inside out and you're happy and joyful. It doesn't mean everything will be perfect. It means that he gives you life in the middle of trouble. And that is worth everything in the world. Listen, he's the only one. Scripture says he's the only one. Colossians 1, 15 through 17. He is the image of the invisible God. He is, he is God with meat. He is chili con carne. He is, he is God, God dressed in human flesh. Watch this. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things and in him, all things, everything holds together. He's the life giver. And he's the only one. He has no rivals. Church, he has no rivals. And, and man, it would be worth it to go and do some study and, and look at those who would say that they are rivals to Jesus. There are no rivals. Here's what God says. Philippians 2, this is the message version. Because of that obedience. Well, what is he referencing? Jesus emptied himself. Remember, God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus emptied himself of his God position, his Godhead, the Godhead. And he came in the likeness of a servant born in a manger, lived on earth as a human being. He suffered. He died on the cross. <laughs> I just can't help, but he was raised from the dead. He didn't stay in the grave. But because of the obedience that he had to come as a suffering servant, the son, the father has exalted him like no other. Jesus is supreme. He has no rivals. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever, ever. So that all created beings in heaven and on earth, those long ago and since buried and dead, will bow and worship before Jesus, who is the Christ, and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glory and the honor of God the Father. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He has no rivals. He has no rivals. And then lastly, decision. He's the life giver. He's the only one. He has no rivals. It, comes, it brings us to a decision. And you've heard in the scripture, um, or maybe you've just heard the phrase doubting Thomas. Maybe you, you don't know that it comes from scripture. It's in John uh, chapter 20. John chapter 20. Jesus uh, hung on the cross he was pierced. Remember, he hung on the cross and they nailed his hands and they nailed his feet. And then he was pierced in the side with a spear. And so you can read the account of that. He died. He was in, in, he was buried. It was three days. And then that stone was rolled away and he was resurrected. He came back to his disciples. He showed up to various people, individuals, and then a couple of couples, and then several groups of people. And there was a man named Thomas. And Thomas told the other disciples, because they're saying, we saw Jesus, we've seen him. And Thomas had this kind of uh, demeanor. He said, listen, he said, unless I see him and I stick my fingers and I put my fingers in the holes in his hands and in his side, I won't believe. And Jesus is so, fa Jesus is so faithful. And Jesus is so faithful. 
He, he knows where you are. He knows how you feel. He knows what you're thinking. He knows that maybe you've had some bumps and bruises. Maybe you just, you know, you shot out the door as soon as you could with religion. And, and he, but he knows. And he comes into the room where Thomas is. He comes where the, where the disciples are. He comes in, although he doesn't walk through the door. That's a whole other message. And he says to Thomas, he says, Thomas, put your finger in my hands. Put your finger in my side. And then he says, Thomas, stop doubting and believe. And Thomas, one translation says that Thomas fell on his knees. And he said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. And so then Jesus responds to Thomas and he says to Thomas, Thomas, you have believed. You have placed your fingers in my hands and in my side and you have believed. And I want you to know this just as a little bumper sticker that goes with this. When we get to eternity, you're trusting in Christ and we get to eternity. Jesus is going to be there in his uh, corporeal body. It's not like this body, but it is a body that we will know and see. All right. It's physical, but non-physical. It's a spiritual body. He will be in eternity seated next to the right hand of the father. And you will see the stigmata in his hands and in his feet as an eternal sign of his sacrifice for you. Wow. Wow. He says, Thomas, you put your finger in, in those holes and you've believed. And he says this then to finish, which is really the clincher. But blessed are those who have not seen. Blessed are those who have not seen. Not have the opportunity to put your hand in, in the holes in Jesus' uh, hands or in his side. Blessed are those who have not seen. And yet they still choose to believe. And so today is that day. Today is resurrection weekend. Today is the day that we mark Jesus getting up from the grave. Today is the day we make our decision that we say to him, Lord, you're the life giver. You're the only one. You have no rivals. And I make my decision today. I make my decision. It's simple. We're trying to make decision making uh, easy, right? It's just, it's just ABCs. It's an affirmation. And an affirmation is just literally saying to Jesus, Jesus, today I choose you as Savior. And there's a prayer. We'll pray the prayer that goes together, and, and we'll do that now. It's affirmation. And then we, after that affirmation, that's the big deal, church. That's the big one. Affirmation. Jesus is Lord. And then after that, we'll talk for a second about baptism and what it means. And then there's confirmation, but not confirmation. I went through confirmation. I don't know if you guys went through, anybody else went through confirmation. And so we'll talk about confirmation, and we'll try to make it simple. Just simple. And so wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you now to ask him to come into your life. I'm, a, I'm, I'm asking you right now, it's very simple, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so we're going to simplify it even more than that. And so I'm going to ask you, wherever you are, if you take your tablet, you take your phone, if you're in a group, you're, you're watching on a watch party, you're by yourself, you're somewhere across the world, the simplicity of trusting Jesus. Watch this. God said that this message would go to every tribe, tongue, and nation on planet Earth. And when it does, then the end will come. Then the end will come. I am not predicting that the end is coming. I'm predicting that Jesus is risen from the grave. And, I am, and I'm saying to you that media is the platform by which the simplicity of trusting Christ is now you're holding that device in your hands. And so here's, here's what I'm asking you to consider and to think about. Would you say to him today, I take my life and I'm transferring my life to your lordship. 
It's just that Jesus is Lord. And, and so if you would do that with me, let's, let's pray together first. And then I'm going to have you text one word. I'm going to have you text just one word, okay? Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, in the midst of um, the difficulty of this virus, in the midst of uh, the difficulty of having your children home and, and the complexity of school now, and what's going to happen? When is it going to happen? Where is it going to happen? How long is this going to take? Uh, what is coming next? What about our leadership? And what about social and civics? And what, what's going to happen? Are, how long are we going to be sort of contained? Some of you around the country are, I've been in for weeks and weeks and weeks. I, I just, I want to tell you, Jesus is on his throne. He loves you. There's not a better time in all of the history of the world to give your life to Jesus than today. And so if you would, I want you to join me in praying. It's a very simple prayer. Again, it's not simple for the Lord. He died on the cross so that we could just say to him, Lord, I, I need you, I want you, to affirm him. And so would you join me and say, Lord Jesus, today I surrender. I give you my life. I come under your lordship. I receive you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer today, and I, and I mean, you mean it today. You just say, today is the day that I mean that prayer and I'm coming from whatever tradition, background, grace, if it was difficult, whatever it is today. Grab your phone, text Jesus to the number on your screen. Text Jesus, just text Jesus to the number on your screen. And we're believing for hundreds of you to come into relationship with Christ. Just this is, you would say, today is the day that I take my stand. Yes. Today is the day that Jesus becomes my Lord. Today is the day that, that my life changes, not because I want to try to be religious, but because I want relationship with the Son of God. And when you do, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is translated. He comes to live inside of you. And so that's what we don't get when we don't use our mouth to confess. If I just join a religious group, I just start doing what the religious group's doing. This is saying, I, I, I will join my religious group. Yes, I'll do that. But first... I'm going to be saved. I'm going to, I'm going to confess Christ as Savior. And when I do, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of me. And now, and here's the beauty, I get to change from the inside out. I'm not trying to change from the outside in. I'm changing from the inside out. And then I join my people. And then, and then I'm baptized. And, and that's the next thing we want to talk to you about. And I'm going to be brief with, with baptism and confirmation. And, and again, I know you think about confirmation in a certain way. And I'm, you know what I want to do? I just want to celebrate every person who just trusted Christ. Come on. Can we thank God? Man, yes. Way to go. Woo. Way to go. Today, you became a son or daughter in the kingdom of God. You're not working for your wage. You, you, you came into daddy's house today. So baptism is the outward action, and, and these are the next things we just invite you to. Baptism is the outward action of an inward decision. It's an inward decision. So we got two things. We're, we're pushing towards something called baptism blowout that we have on April 26th. Maybe we're going to be released and open and we're all, we all get together and, and, and we're hoping, right? And, and so I want you to see a little video of just a snapshot of what that looks like. We do it at all of our campuses, Tampa, South Shore, and Plant City. And I want you to check it out. It is a party. There's food, fun, games, the whole family, kids, the whole deal. And, and so I want you to check it out. Now, here's what you're doing. We're going to invite you to this event if we can get there. And what you're doing is you're affirming. Here's what baptism is. We're going to talk more about it. Baptism affirms the fact that I've trusted Christ and I'm buried. It's a symbol. I'm buried in the water like Christ was buried in the grave. 
and I'm raised to the newness of life. What? The newness of life of Jesus in me. And so it's a symbol that symbolizes my salvation. It's an outward expression of my inward decision, the decision you just made. Okay, check out, check this out. All right, baptism blowout. Okay, so if we cannot make it to the event, if for some reason we just we ask, we're asking the Lord that this thing would finish its course. But if for some reason we still we can't make it to, to baptism blowout, then we're gonna we'll be connecting to you. You can go to wearecrossing.com slash baptism. Wearecrossing.com slash baptism, and we will get connected with you and we'll help get you to a small group in your community next to you. And so we're gonna go, we'll we'll go old school, all right? You can still be baptized. And maybe you, maybe you want to be re-baptized. Maybe on this weekend, maybe you would say, I get it for the first time and I want to be re-baptized. I was christened. Or, it doesn't mean that that didn't stick. It doesn't mean that that wasn't good. It just means that I have, I've given my life to Jesus in faith and I would like to be water baptized. I want to be re-baptized. You and your entire family. That's, that's in the scripture in the book of Acts, your entire family. And so this is 2012. I got to uh, baptize my father. Man, I, just, I, got some, I got some incredible parents. My father in 2012 um, at home. Check it out. Trusting Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, now I take great privilege to baptize you. My dad, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit of God who keeps you on your walk in this fresh relationship. Buried in the water as Christ was buried in the grave. And raised to walk in newness of life. <laughs> Amen. So baptism blowout or someplace in a home and a pool. Uh, I mean, if you really go old school, river and lake and some of you are still up north and it's a little cold. We can still get it done. We can still get it done. And so that's what we do. We follow salvation with baptism as a sign. And then many of you, if you came from like the Catholic faith and others, confirmation was you setting in, setting in what just happened. I want to I wanna invite you, all right? It's different than the confirmation maybe you had, but it's also confirmation. I want to help you set in your foundation, set in your foundation. So the last thing I want to give you is a challenge, which is five weeks. It's five weeks. And I'm going to articulate for just a moment, then I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to let Pastor Wade come and close our service. Okay. Five weeks. Tamara and I next week are going to talk about our story. Hope that you can join us. She's going to sit with me on stage. She, uh, she is my better half, no doubt about it. We've known each other since fourth grade. And so we're excited to share our story. We're going to share more about baptism, about water baptism. The following week after that, we're going to teach you how to connect with God. Like how to actually have conversation, connect with God. The week after that, you're going to get an introduction to the Bible, how it's put together and how to interact with the word of God. After that, we're going to talk about being in life together in groups, just like I mentioned. And then after that, we're going to talk about the fullness of the spirit. Five weeks 
for your foundation. The last one we'll talk about being baptized in the spirit of God, what it means. He can come and fill you uh, up to the fullness of the grace that he has for you. So five weeks for foundation, all right? Five weeks. So we love you. We thank you. That's what it is. Affirmation. I'm praying that many of you would text or have text Jesus. And then we follow with baptism and then confirmation of five weeks that uh, God has laid out for us. I really believe that he is actually, actually woke me up in a dream some months ago and he gave me the weeks following Easter. And so we're, we're believing, we're believing that you would join us and that we could help you get your foundation settled in Christ. Let's be, let's, uh, let's be church folks now. And, uh, and let's pray. I wanna, I wanna close and pray for you. Thank you, God, for this time. Thank you for every person that's watching and I pray for even little ears and eyes that are watching now in, in an unprecedented way. And the priest in the Old Testament, they would stretch their hands out over the people. And, and I pray, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may he be gracious to you and to your family for generation after generation after generation after generation, even today. In this trouble, we thank you, God, that you've overcome the world. You are the Savior you are the risen King, and we worship you on this day. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.